read a scripture here this morning out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 21. The Bible says there that by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph. Then it said, and he worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. Worship leaning on the top of his staff. I want to talk to you this morning about the staff of faithfulness. A staff of faithfulness. Father, we pray today that you will speak to us in these few moments that we gather together. We sense your presence today that you desire to do that in us. I pray today that each and every one today under the sound of our voice, God will experience your presence and God, whatever needs to be ministered to or whatever life change that they may need, I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you do a work in each and every one of us individually and corporately. That when we leave here today, we can leave saying that it's been good being in the house of the Lord. And we give you praise and thanks for it today in the name of Jesus. of faithfulness perhaps we would need to explain the staff before we try to minister here this morning I'll give you a short version upon it but uh, the staff was a stick that was carried in the hand to support or defend a person uh, when they were walking it was a support a prop it was something that would uphold them it could be used as a club, it could be used as a weapon, but it was also a sign of authority or a badge of office. Uh, there were times in the Word of God where that they would carry the staff was part of the call of God upon someone's life. And uh, there's different staffs, but I brought with me today a walking stick that I use quite often in when I'm out in the woods and but just as an indicator to show you what it might have possibly looked like but it was more than just a walking stick before there was paper to write upon before they had caves to paint in before the Egyptians had diagrams the history of man was written upon his staff. And more importantly than that, the word of God was written upon the staff. In Numbers chapter 17, it tells us there that they would write their names upon the staff. And Jacob, when we read this story here in Hebrews, it is interesting to me that they speak of Jacob. It is uh, a Hebrews chapter 11 is that chapter of faith, the great faith people, the people that overcame by their faith and, and they would walk with God in such an extraordinary and faith-filled way that they would end up in this chapter 11 in this hall of fame of people of faith. And right in the middle of all of these other people, people that shut the lion's mouth, people that had done great and miraculous things by faith, right in the middle of all of that discussion, here is given the name Jacob. Jacob is, had a very difficult life until he had an encounter with God. Jacob was a man whose whole life had been changed by the grace and the mercy of God. But he began his life as a deceiver. He began his life stealing, being a stealer and stealing the birthright of Esau. Later on, he was converted by wrestling all night with this angel, right? Until the breaking of the morning and finally in the breaking of the day, he was given a new name and his new nature and a new purpose for his life. 
And so, but it's interesting to me because when he speaks of Jacob, we know his struggle. We know how he started. That isn't strange to me. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I said every one of us have. Amen. But we're saved by his grace and his mercy. And so that's not what amazes me. That What amazes me that when they talk about the, the faith of Jacob, he isn't shutting lion's mouth. He isn't uh, doing all of these crossing the Red Sea. He isn't doing all of these things. But the Bible said uh, when it talks about his faith, it said he leaned on top of his staff and he worshiped. It suggests to me that there was a time in his life whenever he had to use his faith just to worship God. Have you ever been there? Jacob is 147 years old and he finds himself in the middle of a famine. He is, has no food. He trades his livestock for food. He trades his land for food. And they are even willing to become slaves for food. But in the midst of everything that Jacob was willing to give up for food, he did not let go of his staff. He held on to his staff. In Jacob's weakest moment of his life, he leaned in on every significant thing that God had ever done in his life. And he was leaning in on every word and every promise that God had given. And on top of every word and every promise that God had given, on top of that, Jacob began to worship. He is calling his sons in to bless them and pass on the staff. He comes to Reuben and he says, speaks to Reuben and he says, I can't give you the staff. Now he doesn't say this, but he does it with his actions. He says, I, Reuben, I know you're firstborn, but I can't give you the staff. Why? Because he said you're unstable as water. Instability will cause us not to receive the blessing of God in our life. The Bible said that a person who is double-minded is unstable in all of their ways. And so, Reuben, I know you're first, and I know that, that you will do great things, but he said you're weak in, in your willpower. You don't have any elasticity. You don't have any stick to it. Amen. And you're unstable. One day you're this, and the next day you're that. One day you're in, and the next day you're out. Don't know what's given. And so I can't give you this staff in that situation. He comes to Simeon and Levi and he instructs, the Bible says that they are instructors of cruelty or instruments of cruelty. Some translations read that they were murderers of guiltless men and joyfully murdered a prince. And then he comes to Judah. And the Bible said, he whom, uh, whom your brothers shall praise. He said, Judah, you're in the right place because you're, you are a faithful son. I know that you might not be the oldest son. I know that you may not be at the top of the line, but, but you are a faithful son. How many know God is looking for faithful people today? There may be a lot of people that have more gifts than you. There may be people that have more talent than you have. Amen. But I want to tell you what I've learned serving the Lord, that it's good to have gifts and thank God for the talent. But it is in the faithfulness of God that you will say, God, no matter what, I'm going to praise you. No matter what, you can trust me that I will worship your name. No matter what has come into my life and no matter what is extracted from my life, I am going to praise and bless your wonderful name. Amen. The Bible said that Jacob passed on the staff. He passed on the word onto praise. He passed it on to the one that Judah. I want to say to you 
today that what God has for this last day church. I don't have time to preach it today, but I believe that each of those 12 sons, you will find spirits that come into this last day that speak to us to give us warning and also give us direction. But this is one thing I know, that what God has for this last day church will not be given to people that are unstable. It will not be given to people that have a murderous or a critical spirit but it will be given you may not have all the talent you may not but you are faithful amen and in your faithfulness to praise and lift up the name of Jesus Christ God in this last day is going to hand his word he is going to give his staff to a people that will open their mouth no matter what is going on in their life no matter what the circumstances are in our nation that will lift up the name of Jesus and say God you can count on me to praise you you can count on me to lift your name and to glorify you when the enemy comes in like a flood I'm going to stand up God because you said the spirit of the Lord will raise up I I know you need somebody in the earth that will declare your word I will not back down I will not cower in a corner but I will bless you you can count on me to worship your name Hallelujah. When a person was given a staff, they would put a mark on it signifying this is the beginning of my journey. This is where it started. And when you look at all the people in the Bible who had a staff in their life, they would mark it and they would say this is where my journey started. I want to look this morning at at a man by the name of Moses. His journey started before he ever got the staff. How do I know that? Because he wasn't big enough to carry it yet. But I believe when Moses was given the staff, that he backed up in his life and he said, I need to put a, a mark right up about right here. Because I, whenever I know that this journey started in my life is when Pharaoh was trying to kill me. But God's faithfulness took what was trying to kill me and caused it to work for me. God used it to bring me through. Has anybody here today ever been through some things in your life that you knew were sent into your life to try to kill you? to try to cause you to quit on God, to try to get you to give up on God and say, God isn't real. He's never been real in my life. There's things in my life. Just He's brought all of this stuff. And let me tell you something about the enemy. If you don't know how he works, he doesn't just give little at a time, but he'll try to cause you to be overwhelmed with trouble all at the same time. Amen. But in the midst of everything that uh, Moses was going through, God used it to bring him through. Hallelujah. Oh, he, he thought that if he put him in Pharaoh's palace, the enemy thought he would kill him there. But what did he do? It was Pharaoh that fed him. Come on, somebody. It was Pharaoh that put clothes on his back. It was Pharaoh that paid for his education, my God. It was Pharaoh that God used all of that enemy tried to bring against him. God used it to bring him through. Amen. From there, he started making his marks to remind him of the faithfulness of God. And I can see him saying, I was here in my father-in-law's field on the backside of the desert when one day I heard a crackling that sounded like a fire. And I began to look around me and I seen a bush that was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. Amen. And he said there, I heard the voice of the Lord and I put a 
mark on my staff and said that is the time that I heard the word of God speaking into my life. I believe that he said one day God told him to throw down his staff and when he threw it down it became a serpent and his enemy threw down his staff and it became a serpent as well. But watch this. I believe in this last day there are spirits that are just uh, uh, that are trying to look like God. There are people today, there is a a spirit and there is an anti-spirit. There is a false spirit. Come on, somebody. Amen. But I want to tell you what happened here. You know it if you read your scripture, but Moses threw down his rod and the Bible said it became a serpent. But then his, the magician, the enemy threw down his and it became a serpent. But watch what happens. The Bible said that Moses' serpent swallowed up the enemy's serpent. What does it say? It says, Moses, my word is going to swallow up your enemy's word what they have said cannot stand because I want to tell you the devil's no can't stand in the power of God's yes and no matter what comes into your life no matter what the enemy has said against you no matter what people have said against you the greater one is on the inside of you and the word that God has placed in you will overcome and swallow up your enemy and cause you to know that you are the head and not the tale that you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Amen. What shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulation, shall distress, pearl, famine, nakedness, or strife? Nay, in all of these things, we're led as lambs to the slaughter all day long. But I am persuaded. I said, I am persuaded that neither life nor death, angels or principalities, things present or things to come are able to separate me from that's the word of God over my life. That's the promise of God and it will swallow up my enemy. Come on and give him praise today. word of God was on Moses' staff. God was showing Moses their words will be swallowed up. So don't give so much to what people say and the opinions and the expectations of people. Put your weight on the word of God. Put your confidence in his word. I'm sure that Moses was walking away from that situation. He said, I got to put a mark right here. Amen. And all the time he was standing before Pharaoh. He was holding in his hand everything God had ever done in his life. He was holding in his hand every word that had been promised to him. Amen. Now when we look at the the, the scriptures, we have a tendency to look at them on this side of the thing and so somehow I don't know about you but for some time I thought well you know they didn't have no problem with that they could just go out there and do that but but I think they were probably just like you and me I think they probably had a struggle just like you and I do every once in a while and I don't see Moses going out there and just whenever he, he is called by Pharaoh, he isn't going out there with his chest stuck out, but he's going out there with the faithfulness of God. And he's saying, I'm going with my staff. Amen. I'm going in what God has already done in my life. But could you imagine when he tells Pharaoh, if you don't let God's people go, plagues are going to come on the land. And I believe there was probably a little bit of fear in his heart when he told him that the first time. But whenever the first night came and God did what he said he was going to do, I think that, that Moses put a notch on his staff and said, that's the faithfulness of God. And the next time it was a little easier for him when God told him frogs are coming, when he told him hell's coming. When he told him these different things are coming, I believe each time he went out with a little more confidence, knowing that what God had said he was going to do. 
I believe that if we seen Moses' staff, there would be 10 marks real close together that said that's the faithfulness of God as the plagues came upon the Egyptian people just like God said it was going to happen. He comes upon the Red Sea and whenever he comes upon the Red Sea, the Red Sea is before him. The Egyptian army is behind him and I know that God has been faithful but how many know that sometimes in our own lives even though God has been faithful to us that there are times when we come to a Red Sea experience when we come to circumstances that look insurmountable and that spirit of fear will try to get back on us amen but whenever I look I see that Moses came to that Red Sea but he did not come by himself he brought his staff with him and what did God do whenever he got to the Red Sea and he seen the Red Sea before him Egypt's behind him Pharaoh's in hot pursuit and what does God tell him to do stretch forth your rod stretch forth your staff if I could say it like this God said stretch forth my faithfulness Stretch forth my word over your life. Stretch forth that that I have already done. And whenever he came to this Red Sea experience, God told him, he said, just remember, put it out there before you whenever I delivered you. Amen. Put it out there before you when the plagues came. They didn't come near your dwelling. Put out there the experience that you had when Pharaoh tried to kill you as a little child and you weren't even able to fight for yourself. But I protected you. I brought you out with a mighty strong hand. He said, stretch forth that faithfulness over this situation and I want to tell somebody here today that's facing a red sea in your life y'all God is saying to you today is stretch forth my faithfulness remember what I've already done and I'm going to cause this red sea to be the split for you hallelujah remember what he's already done Moses might have been a little fearful whenever he first came to that place but when he stretched forth the rod and the waters started rolling back and they walked over to the other side some four million of them we ain't talking about a Sunday school picnic we're talking about four million people walking through the middle of a Red Sea and went over on dry ground And whenever they got over there on the dry ground, I'm sure there was more rejoicing on that side than there was the other side. But I can see Moses saying, hold up, fellas, because I've got to put a big notch right about here in my staff and remind those who are to come of the faithfulness of our God. Amen. You see, when he got into the wilderness, God said to Moses to hit the rock. Huh? Hit the rock, take my faithfulness, take my word and strike the rock. And when he struck the rock, the Bible said that water flowed out of the rock. God's faithful. Tell your neighbor God's faithful. First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 40 says of David. And he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones out of the brook. And he put them in the shepherd's bag and he led them, even in the script. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Now there's been much preached on the five smooth stones. There's a lot that we could talk about. People say, well, did he, was he afraid that it would take all five stones to kill Goliath? No, David knew that Goliath had four other brothers. Amen. And if they were foolish enough to come out, the whole family was going down. Amen. Maybe people would say, 
it was the sling. And there's much talk about the sling. And thank God for the sling. There is much talk about the stones. And thank God for the stones. But, but, but we seem to overlook the staff. But it's so important that it's even spoken of before the rocks or the sling. And the Bible says of David that he took his staff in his hand. Amen. And he went and ran toward Goliath. He went to defeat Goliath. He goes face to face with Goliath. All he was going to do is go check on his brothers and got stuck in a battle. He got stuck in a fight he never intended on. Have you ever been just minding your own business and got into a fight that you never intended on fighting? Just doing what God told you to do. Just loving on your brothers, caring about your sister. Amen. And a battle comes up. Amen. He gets there and he hears this. He gets there with his staff and his stones and his sling. And he gets to there and he begins to hear them, the giant talking about his God. And something rose up in David that said, I wasn't going to do anything, but, but you talking about my God. Now, that, that you've done taking it too far. There's going to be a time in our nation whenever we can't just sit idly by in our stained glass churches and allow the enemy to continue to talk negatively about our God. But there's got to be something on the inside of us that says that God has been too good to me. And I believe so much in his word that if it's a fight you want, it's a fight you're going to have. But you're not going to talk about my God like that. I'm not talking about raising up guns and warring in the natural. I'm talking about a militant spirit that rises up in us that says that God has been faithful. His word is true and we're not just going to be a bunch of religious folks setting up in a building somewhere. We're going to live this thing out. We're going to represent the faithfulness of God. We're going to declare his goodness. When God speaks, we're going to be his instruments to speak a word into the earth and release into this atmosphere the kingdom of heaven. Glory to God. He hears this giant speaking about his God and he says, enough is enough. He goes to Saul and says, what is this God defying the army of the the God of Israel? And they're all scared to death hiding in their pup tents. And David said, well, if you're that bad, you go get him. David said, I'll do it. But before David went to fight, He asked a question, is there not a cause? Sometimes we get caught up in fighting worthless fights. That there's no cause. There's no spoil. There's nothing at the end. You're just wearing yourself out. The enemy's got you in a fight that has no spoil. The enemy's got you in a fight that there is no reward. But David said, what do I get? Huh? Huh? You ought to ask yourself, what am I going to get at the end of this fight? Huh? And whenever he found out he got the king's daughter, I think that probably encouraged him. But I think the thing that caused him to get on board is whenever he said, you don't have to pay taxes no more. Amen. Amen. He said, you don't have to pay take. David said, give me a sling. I'm going to go get me some rocks. I'm going to take my, <laughs> come on somebody. Amen. He said, if, there, if this is what I get, I'll go take this joker down. I'm not going to allow him to defy God's army any longer. Amen. But he took the sling. He took the rocks, but he also took his staff. Amen. And I believe that it is there is where that David, I believe that when he went, there's still some reservation in his heart. You won't never make me believe that David knew for certain that God was going to do this thing. But he was relying on his staff. 
he was relying upon what God had done before. And he said, if God done that before, then I have faith to believe he's going to do this now. Amen. It reminds him of the lion. And he looks, but he begins to take that staff and he's walking toward Goliath. And I believe he went down and nudged on his staff and he was reminded of the time that the lion came out and got one of his father's uh, sheep. And he said, I went and I grabbed that, she- that lion and I pulled that sheep out of its mouth and I began to destroy that lion. That's the faithfulness of my God. He walked a little further and he felt another notch and he said, oh, I know what that is that's when the bear came out I was just a young boy but the bear came to devour my father's sheep but he said I took a man and the spirit of the Lord came upon me and I took and destroyed that bear and got the, the, the sheep back amen all of the songs of David were on his staff every I believe that the psalms that David wrote was in his staff every psalm that David had I believe was in that staff and he reached down and he felt it and he felt Psalms 3 when he said many are they that trouble me and many are they that rise up against me and many are they that say my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold I will call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised and so shall I be saved from my enemies I believe he felt down and he felt Psalms 20 he said some trust in chariots and some trust in horses but I will remember the name of the Lord our God he reached down and felt a hold of Psalms 32 and said you are my hiding place you are my preserver you are in the time of trouble you shall surround me with the song of deliverance glory to God I believe some faith started rising up in his heart he began to say hey I know who I'm going with I'm not just going with a sling and with some rocks but I'm going with the faithfulness of God I'm going with the promise of God if God has been faithful to you I want you to give 10 seconds of praise to a faithful God this morning. Hallelujah for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. I believe every step that David walked, he began to remember the faithfulness of God. Every psalm that he walked through, Psalms 34, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. He said, I want you to join with me in praise. Watch because he said, and let the, the, us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And when he heard me, he delivered me from all, somebody shout all, all of my fears. And he went on to say, and the angels of the Lord encamp around about them who fear him and deliver them. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Praise God. I believe he went on down and he was about 300 yards away now. Amen. And he began to reach down and felt Psalms 40. And he said, I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry. He also brought me out of a horrible pit and the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and established my setting. He had put a new song in my mouth. Praise unto God. Many will see 
the, and fear and will trust in the Lord. But blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such turn from the sides of the lies. Amen. He's run. He's in a jog now and he gets about 200 feet away and he reaches for Psalms 56. Whenever I am fear afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what the flesh may do to me. Amen. I'm telling you, David was getting confidence by the faithfulness of God. He was holding on to his staff and said, God has been faithful and it's closer and closer he got. He didn't get fear filled, but he got faith filled because there was faith rising in his heart. 200 yards away and he gets to Psalms 94 and he said, if I say my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will uphold me. Have you ever slipped? Come on, talk to me. I said, have you ever slipped? You were doing your best. You was walking the best you could, but my foot slipped. But he said, your mercy upholds me in the multitude of my anxiousness within me you comfort and delight my soul I'm thankful today that his mercy will uphold me when I didn't think I could make it his mercy held me up when I thought I was going under your mercy held me up when I didn't know how when I didn't know where when I didn't know what to do, when my mind was so confused, your mercy held me up. When I was in my weakest moment and I didn't know if I was going to make it or not, your mercy held me up. When I was walking through the valley of the shadow of death, come on, amen, your mercy held me up. Whenever I was walking through the storm of my life and I didn't know if I was going to make it or if this would be the last thing on this my stick, your mercy held me up. He's a hundred feet away now and he's coming upon Goliath. Amen. And he is not getting faith, fearful, but he is getting faithful. And he's saying, oh God, your mercy has held me up through everything I've ever done. Your mercy has always been there for me. And I hear him say Psalms 120. Amen. He said this. He said, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from which cometh my help. My help is coming from the Lord who is the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to be moved. He keeps you with, uh, that will not stumble. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shield at your right hand the sun shall not strike you by day nor the sun strike you by night the Lord shall preserve you from all evil he shall preserve you the Lord shall preserve your going in and your coming out from this time forward and forevermore praise God I'm telling you today that David knew the faithfulness of God he remembered the promise of God I'm not telling you anything new today God's been faithful to you you even being in this building today is a testimony against your adversary that greater is he that is in your life than all of the hell that's come against you amen when the enemy came in to devour you when the enemy tried to destroy you it was God that lifted you up and sustained your feet established your coming in and your going out and we're all here today as a testimony that God is greater and God God is faithful. David said, yes, that's my God. <laughs> that's my God. That's just like him. He's faithful. And I... See him getting closer to the giant. And he said, if it had not been for the Lord on my side. When men rose up against me. 
huh? They would have swallowed us alive. When the wrath was kindled against us, the waters would have overwhelmed us. The streams would have gone over our soul. Verse 7, he said, our soul had escaped as a bird from a snare and from the fowlers. And the snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Amen. The enemy may come. People may come. Huh? How many know this? That whenever God gets ready to bless you, he'll always use a person. And when the devil tries to mess with you, he'll always use a person. They'll come with their mouth open to try to devour and destroy you. But David said, if it had not been for you, God, on my side, we'd have already been overcome. We'd have already been taken out. When you don't know how, you're going to make it in your weakest moment. Amen. And you feel like you can't go any farther. Just pick up the staff of remembrance and remember what God has already brought you through. Amen. And nobody's staff is going to look the same. But there's one thing that we'll be confident of. And that is that everyone's staff will show the faithfulness of God. God will not let us down. Praise God. I see. David running now he's running toward Goliath with all of his strength he's running toward Goliath with the faithfulness of God he's running toward Goliath with every promise that God has ever performed or ever done in his life and he's 20 feet away from this giant whenever he says you come to me with a spear and a sword but I've come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts amen I've come to day not in my own might I haven't come in my own power but I've come in the faithfulness of God I want to tell somebody today how you're going to make it through this present storm I want to tell somebody today how you're going to face this Red Sea of your life it's not in your own might it's not in your own power but remember the faithfulness of God remember your staff and say I'm going to the other side not because I say so but because of the word of the Lord and his faithfulness I'm going to make it never throw your staff down never leave your staff Jacob couldn't make it any further and when he couldn't make it any further he was in the middle of a famine. Everything had been taken away. He is at the end of his life, 147 years old. And he knows that this is his time to pass. He brings in his children and speaks a generational blessing over their life and says, This is what's on me, son. But it's not going to die with me. I'm going to put it on you. And whenever he's finished pronouncing and proclaiming the blessings of God over every one of his children. We need to do that, you know. So we need to do that. Your children need to hear you bless them. They need to hear your affirmation over their life. And he, he goes in and he, there's nothing left in him. And the Bible said he just leaned in on his staff. He said, I, I, my life is gone. My life is over. I don't have anything else to give. But I've got to pray. And before I leave this side and start praising on the other side, I just want to lean in on the faithfulness of God. Every promise that he gave me, every word that he performed, every time that we thought we weren't going to make it, but somehow God brought us through. And they said, I know I give my staff to Jacob or to Judah, 
But before he goes to taking praise into another generation, I just want to lean in and to praise God for his faithfulness over me and my generation. I know that I was born to deceiver. I know that I was born to lie, to cheat, manipulate, and steal. But God was so faithful that he sent an angel to me in a dark season of my life and allowed me to wrestle all night long so that I could get out of what I had been trapped in. And I just want to praise him that he can deliver you from the trap. I want to praise him that the snares that have been set to destroy your life that God is faithful and he will deliver you from the flower and from the snare of your enemy I want to tell somebody today you may have been set up all of your life to fail you might have been set up all your life to be a deceiver a cheater a liar but the king of glory has brought you to a place in your life that you can experience the goodness of God where you can experience the grace of God he gives us that privilege and opportunity that we don't have to stay snared and trapped and Judah leaned in or Jacob leaned in and he said I want to thank you God that whenever the enemy came and tried to destroy my family somehow you kept my family together amen you know that old Reuben he was trying to sell Judah he was trying to sell him into slavery but praise God Judah was put into the the pit but it was praise that got him out amen I want to tell you today or Joseph that is Joseph was put into the pit but it was Judah that brought him out I want to tell you today that you may be in a pit that you feel like you can't get out of but if you got a praise on the inside of you if you'll begin to bless him and give him glory there's no pit that can hold you there's no stronghold that can bring you down all you've got to do is lift up the name of Jesus thank him for his faithfulness thank him for his goodness over your life thank him that if it had not been for him your enemy would have already destroyed you but you're here today baby you made it praise God why because the greater one is watching over your soul It's time for you to quit looking down. It's time for you to quit going around feeling sorry for yourself. It's time for you to get out of the money grubs and begin to bless the Lord. And when you begin to bless him, goodness and mercy is going to show up. And they're going to bring you out of the pit. And his goodness and his grace will show you the mercies and the goodness of our God. Oh, somebody praise him here today. something about worshiping God through your pain through your uncertainty through your struggle huh staff was not new to each generation to each individual The staff was passed down from generation to generation. So whenever they leaned in on the staff, they were not leaning in just on the word that God had given them over their life. But they were carrying with them every promise of the generations who had gone before them. They were carrying with them the faithfulness of God for generations. And they could see how God had been faithful. Not just to them, but to all the generations that went before them. somebody to not throw their staff away somebody who understands today I may be in a storm I don't know how but I know God is faithful 
somebody who is dealing with situations that you say I don't see how any good thing can come out of this but I know God is faithful somebody who may be dealing with circumstances in your job in your health in your finances I just want to say to you if God has done it for anybody he'll do it for you I said if God has done it for anyone he will do it for you how do I know that because God is faithful he's no respecter of persons amen and he's looking for somebody today like Moses he's looking for somebody like Jacob he's looking for someone like David looking for someone like Elijah not throw away staff you remember whenever Elijah prophesied and spoke to a woman who could not have children she had a child the child has a sunstroke later on in life circumstances but Elisha had enough confidence in his staff that he sent Gehazi right he sent Gehazi with his staff and said just put it on the child it's not that there was power in the staff it was representing the faithfulness of God some would say well staff on him but it didn't happen nothing happened well it, you know it, it's another message but it didn't happen because Gehazi broke covenant with Elisha he wasn't in the same heart as Elisha had so even though he had what Elisha had he couldn't use what Elisha had because he broke covenant with him. but Elisha went on the faithfulness of God raised up the dream raised up the promise that God had given you may feel like today your dream is dead you may feel like the promise is gone but I've come to tell somebody put the staff on it put the word of God on it trust him, believe him and see if he won't do a thing for you today